0: Welcome back listeners to Inside the System, episode 16. This is the podcast style space where I deep dive into conversations with your favorite experts and creators. We explore the inner workings of their personal brands and businesses, uncovering valuable insights and strategies that you can use to elevate your own journey. And joining me today is a man you probably know and needs no introduction, Legacy Builder, also known as LB. LB is a seasoned writer and the founder of a highly successful Ghostwriting agency. Uh, with a clientele list from business owners, CEOs and entrepreneurs, LB has mastered the art of crafting impactful content that resonates with audiences on platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn. But LB's journey doesn't really stop there. With influential brands, he's also about leaving an edge legacy that goes beyond the basics of personal branding. This former college athlete turned writer has tapped into the wisdom of the many great industry experts that we recognize today like J.K. Molina and Dakota and Jordan Ross to shape his own unique approach to content creation and building a personal brand. And beyond his pro- professional achievements, LB is also a dedicated father with a focus on constantly seeking ways to make a positive impact on the lives of others. And so today, we deep dive into LB's insights, wisdom, and experiences as he shares how to build a, pr- a brand of influence and create content that truly makes a difference. So LB, welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to have you here today. How are you doing, man?
1: Man, thank you so much. What an introduction. Uh, Sometimes I forget myself, all the stuff that's happened in my life up to this point. So it's always good hearing that. And man, I really, uh, I'd love to get as many people in this space as possible. So um, a couple things that I've seen help in spaces and getting a lot of people in is if you guys could just go back to the bottom right. Um, and hit a comment and just say like you're here or leave some kind of emoji or happy thought That will kind of get the space out and then retweet the space as well. When you go to that page It will kind of just help get more people here um, I'm actually if you can hear I'm driving. I'm this is a really cool week for me. I'm picking up um, Cole Blackburn who I met on Twitter and we're driving up to Nashville to meet Alexander Hamilton And It's like three guys from Twitter that never knew each other existed or getting together, and we're just hanging out working together, doing some content creation so I
0: want to start the talk before we deep dive into the uh, in the details and and that is what what does it mean uh to you to uh, or for you to build an influential brand
1: I think that a lot of people first of all, great question um, I think a lot of people think about influence and branding, and I think those words are used synonymously for good reason, I think when we think about brands um, from the beginning of time to now brands are popping up I like to think, focus on personal brands, I think a lot of people think about the Nikes, the Apples like all these big names and consumer products that we, that we use every single day, but what we're seeing right now is really a renaissance of the personal brand and how you as a person can use your experiences knowledge and journey to build influence in on the digital in the digital arena, and that's really what we're in right now is a digital arena. Um, millions of consumers daily are craving quality content and quality people to follow. Because when you get past like social media from its surface level thing, where it's like people think of virality and they think of um, platitudes, they think of like trends but once all the trends go in and out the things that really last over time are the personal brands. so when i think of an influential brand it's a person that not not necessarily is going viral every day i think that's a big misconception i think it's a person that is demanding authority in the space it has people following along on the journey right so when i work with clients and we're thinking about hey what are our goals here growth is one metric it's almost like, like weight loss i think and i had this thing so like when i started losing weight and wanting to get healthier the only number i would focus on is the number on the scale and i had to get a coach that basically told me that mentally i was thinking about it wrong that the number on the scale was only one metric when it came to getting healthy and losing weight and there was a lot of other factors that we had to take into consideration And that's the same thing with building a brand. Take Twitter, for instance. Your following going up is great, and it's a good metric, but it's not the only metric in in building an influential brand. And so putting out quality content every day, engaging your audience, looking at the analytics, building an authentic brand voice that is constantly pushing the message that you're trying to convey to your audience on a daily basis Those are reps that build over time that you're not gonna be able to see right off the bat. Those are things that compound over time that when done right, an influential brand is built from putting in the right reps and content every day. And that's something that, so in the bottom line definition of it, it's a person that's building a brand, but not just building it for the sake of audience growth or the sake of positioning to make an offer, but building it in a sake to influence minds and hearts, and they're they're putting out consistent quality content on a daily basis because it's a long game. If you're trying to get into the personal brand building game, and you're like, well, I'm going to see how this goes for a month or three months or even a year, you probably don't have the you probably don't have the mindset needed. You don't you do not have the mindset needed to make it building a brand. So it's really a long game that people have to buckle up for, but it's a lot of fun.
0: I definitely uh, with you, uh, agree with you when it comes to um, that it's beyond the metrics and it's only a uh, you know, follow-up account, for example, it's just a certain aspect. You spoke about um, like find, finding your voice and like, using your voice to push out your brand and push out the message of what you're trying to say. I'm curious, did you always know um, your voice in a sense when you started and how long did what was that journey like? to find it and how can you um, what advice like, would you give others in finding their own voice too
1: yeah absolutely not <laughs> I had no idea my voice I had no idea what I wanted to write um, I had a vague idea that I wanted to talk around the concept of legacy but to be honest with you I didn't up until probably within the last six months I didn't consider myself a writer I considered I was just I was just kind of conveying my thoughts. But now that I've been doing it for almost two years, um, finding my voice, I think the best thing you can do and the in the way I found it is constant testing. And so I I looked at it before we got on this call. I was looking at it yesterday. I've almost sent out 22,000 tweets, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's really crazy. But... When you think about 22,000 reps and like people say, well, how do you find your voice? How, what exercise, what book do I need to read? I mean, I don't think there's any book or any exercise or anything you can do outside of putting in the reps and doing the work. And so the more I write and the more I get a reaction from my audience and I get a reaction from the people that are consuming my content, the more I was able to see what resonated with my audience, but then also what resonated with me. Because I think the goal, it's a very therapeutic thing to build a brand and to write. And I think when you see it as a form of therapy and as a form of building that muscle in order to convey your thoughts and your aspirations to your audience, you really have a chance to build an authentic voice. So I think it's just putting in the reps and testing out like not being afraid of failure and just testing out what works and what doesn't work and over time that starts to compound and then you can it 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 presents itself like i have a mental coach and the mental my mental coach always says you have to allow room in your life for the right choice to present itself and i feel the same way about writing like you have to write enough to where your voice and the direction you want to go has space to present itself and so that would be my advice
0: And that's a great advice. Um, Part of like when you're trying to express yourself online and showcasing your voice. And I think one of the things that affects people as well is their fear of judgment and trying to maintain a confident look uh, while remaining authentic. Let's say what's your advice on how to handle that for people who fear judgment or are trying to uh, maintain confidence or feel more confident in sharing their voice?
1: Yeah, I think confidence comes with the understanding that like there's a lot of negativity online. Um I even like I started out as a completely anonymous account. Like I didn't put my face out there that's out there right now like I didn't I didn't feel comfortable sharing my name with anybody and I didn't really talk about my family a lot. I did but in very vague terms. And it's not until recently that I realized that if I'm going to Really build an authentic personal brand. I need to let go of the fear of judgment and that society gives us, and so I think that it's just you have to you have to build up resiliency.
0: Um, I know a
1: lot of people that are they're kind of always on the edge of like one negative comment away from deleting social media and this and that. I think the mindset to have around it is if you're being true to yourself in your brand and your voice, and you're putting out what you truly believe in your heart of hearts is true and you want to convey then you need to be you need to be ready (laughs) and i tell people like block people mute people like i i use the block button every day and the thing is i don't give anybody mental real estate in my mind and i know i know my direction i know what i want to do and so my biggest advice to people is like there's a lot of negativity out there Um, Some people thrive off of it, and so the best thing you can do is, first of all, acknowledge that it's going to happen, but number two, don't allow it to take mental real estate. And I had to, to be honest with you, I had to get coaching for it. So um, I think therapy is one of the best investments a person can um, have. I think investing in a mental coach and a fitness coach and a business coach as an entrepreneur are worthwhile endeavors. And I have seen leaps and bounds, my mental resilience and toughness um, strengthen and continue to increase because of that.
0: One of the things you just mentioned, uh, or one of the points rather, is you said that you should be true to yourself. And I think that's one of the motivators that helps people express a true, authentic voice. I was listening to your podcast with Zuby um, earlier on today, actually. Uh, and it was a split, so I listened to it half and half. One thing you said that was, super, it was interesting to me, um, you said, look at me, I want him to look at me. And if they say he can do it, then anybody can. That's, that's your message, uh, one of your messages at least on a larger uh, scale. And I wanted to ask you, how can creators align their brand and values to make a, different to a difference in their communities um, or specific causes they care about? How can they drive? The personal brand beyond just the uh, monetization aspect the, the the whole impact impactful side as well. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that does make sense. That's a good question. I think the biggest piece of advice I can give people when aligning um, I think when I first started, to be honest with you, when I first got into and I've been very open about this when I first got into Twitter my why was very selfish um, I needed money I was super broke I was in $30,000 in credit card debt Like I was struggling to pay my bills and provide for my family and I operated out of a spirit of desperation for a long time and once I realized that that wasn't going to do it. I mean, that wasn't going to, I might get money in the short term, but I was going to lose. And once I realized the long game of like building authenticity and and instilling trust in people and like just telling my story, I think when it comes to building something that's going to withstand and something that's sustainable, it all comes back to being true to yourself. And once I started writing and fell in love with writing and then, Fell in love with business and fell in love with the power of networking. It really, it, it all comes down to the same thing. No matter what your offer is, your offer could be ghostwriting like me, it could be developing podcasts, it could be um, Amazon, it could be investment advice. The number one trick, if you will, or golden rule to building an authentic brand where you can actually connect with your audience and feel like you're doing is. It all comes down to people. At the end of the day, how you make people feel and how you communicate with people on a daily basis is gonna, is gonna build the direction in which your business goes and which your family goes and which your life goes.
0: And the only way
1: to truly do that, like you have to genuinely be excited about what you're doing. And so there's many things that I could do to make money and probably in a, a lot more money than I'm making right now. But the fact of the matter is, if all you're doing is making money for money's sake, you're not truly gonna ha- be chasing a passion that's gonna last. And so once I found writing and Twitter and brand building, and like, I was on a coaching call this morning, and like, I was I was helping a guy that wants to build, help families travel, and you could tell how passionate he was. And all the things that I do are tools that basically result in people figuring out their passion and how to, how to turn it into a business or how to build an audience around it. And that gets me excited because I, now I am now taking the passion of somebody else and giving them the tools and the roadmaps to manifest that into real life. And so you have to really, and sometimes you, like, I didn't know that two years ago. If you would ask me like, Hey, are you going to be a ghostwriter? And, a brand builder and help people build this kind of stuff. And that's your, I would be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I don't know anything that you're saying. It all sounds like nonsense to me. But now knowing what I know, it's not nonsense. It's, it's totally possible to build a brand around something you're passionate about. And the tools that we've been allowed to have with social media and YouTube and all that, afford us the opportunity and the only thing we have to do is get over get out of our own way i mean that's what really that's what really holds people back is the fear like you alluded to earlier is the fear of rejection or the like i'm not a good writer it's like i'll tell you the truth once i i i bootstrap most of my stuff like every for the first year every out every dollar i made every dollar i made in the business i invested back into it and I would invest in coaching or personal or something, and I invested right back into it. And because of that, I never stop investing in myself. There's a portion that I make every month that I go goes towards me investing in myself. And I think the m- things I invest in myself the most, like if I'm weak in something, if I don't learn, if I don't have time to learn it, I invest in an expert. And I can't tell you the number of people I've invested in, just just to jump on a call with somebody and say, like, can you please, can you please tell me how, you, how you've gotten to where you are? And, like, people love talking about their journey. And so I paid them for their time. And some of the biggest growth I've had is jumping on with creators that are 10, 20, 100 steps ahead of me. And it all comes down to now, I, and all of them say the same thing. My coaching clients, my ghostwriting clients, my wife. I told this story about um, last fall, when I was starting to consider quitting my job, I was I was sitting in the living room and I was talking to my wife and my kids were asleep and I'm talking to my wife and I'm telling her about these plans that I have to, to scale my ghostwriting agency and to start a YouTube channel and to like do all these things as a creator, all these things that I always dreamed of. And I looked up and she started, she was crying and she, and I asked her why she was crying and she said, I've never seen you this excited and, and happy about anything that you want to work for in your life. And that's the moment I realized that I was doing something bigger than, that I was truly passionate about. And I think everybody has that. It's just what that road looks like and getting there is different for everybody.
0: That's a beautiful story. I mean, the second time I've heard it, but I, it. It always makes me think about how you should, uh, be more aware of the moments like your, your wife told you that, um, which probably helped reinforce confidence in the decision you're making. I'll make the assumption there. And for others, it's also about trying to be more aware of themselves and seeing what is it that gets them fired up like that, where they just need to align with that frequency so they can advance and create more. And that leads me on to actually two questions that I'm thinking about. One is how do, how do you balance between, uh, pursuing passions and monetization? Because as you talked about before, you can feel in a desperate situation, that it's for some who haven't got anything, uh, before they started, they want to quickly get on board and make some money, but in doing so, they may dilute the message of what they're trying to say and perhaps even affect their influence or the range of influence at least. So how would you, or how did you go about, or maybe how do you realize now to balance, uh, Passion and monetization on this journey.
1: I think there's an art to it. Um, I think there's there's definitely a a strategy. I I think I wrote a thread. I'd have to find it, but like there's hunting and gathering seasons when it when it comes to being an entrepreneur and being online. And the thing about the thing we have to realize is like you can be in both both or one or the other but you have to realize like at the end of the day you have to be doing what what you need. And so I cycle through um lead nurturing and personal brand. I think the number one the number one piece of advice I can give to all this is like be a personal brand that people want to follow because you have interesting things to say and you're talking and you're you're holding a public forum every day and so then you're building up good intuition that when you do have an offer you can put it out there and it's not going to completely unravel your audience like i'm up front that i'm a ghostwriter that i own an agency that i need clients and i think the people that the people that struggle with it are the people that are trying to be like super secretive about it and they're trying to be nuanced about it and instead like listen if you need clients like post what post client results and tell people that you're looking for clients if you want to build an audience supplement that with cool personal stories engaging questions and and just engage getting in spaces and holding a public forum on a daily basis but you shouldn't be ashamed as a creator to put one or the other out now if your account is non-stop like this is what I do hire me this is what I do hire me this is what I do hire me you will burn out your audience and it will, it's like that commercial, except for Burger King. Every time the Burger King commercial comes on, I, I watch it because the BK Have It Your Way commercial is like epic right now. But like, theres think about a commercial that every time it comes on, you look down at your phone. When you post nonstop on your social media about like, I'm looking for clients, I'm looking for clients, I'm looking for clients, at some point, you're going to be that commercial where people look down at their phone. And so it's about knowing the right time and setting up. And that's why storytelling is so crucial in building a business and a personal brand. Like it's a it's that attraction based model that we use for our clients and and I use as well. It's like there's there's hard sales and soft sales. But at the end of the day, you need to be putting out content that attracts people to what you're doing. And if you're not, you're going to be missing opportunity.
0: I like that. I like the approach as well. The way you think, and uh, I think Twitter, uh, at least Twitter money's bubble, has started to appreciate transparency and storytelling more uh, as of late. So I'm glad they're heading in that direction. Something you said earlier, and I just wanted to kind of ask you to give the the push for someone. um, You were saying that you invested in your coaches along your journey. And sometimes there's people who feel that that might not be – or let's say they're hesitant towards doing that. What advice would you give them on being able to see the ROI behind that?
1: Yeah, I think we just have to get out of our own way. And I think the biggest thing – we get so wrapped up in ROI. And you're talking to one one of the – I was one of the cheapest men alive. Like I was so – Fixated because when money's not abundant, you want to make sure every dollar counts. And I think being frugal is is very and being having discernment as a person is very good. Like I think that's a a, a reputable trait. But I think when people say like, okay, Coach X, I want the exact ROI, and it doesn't even go into ROI. People don't like people don't just want ROI. They want um, unimaginable ROI. I can't tell you the number of people that I've had to say no to coaching because they'll say, I'll say, well, it's an eight week program. And they're like, well, how much, how can, can't you just give me everything in four weeks? And I'm like, well, that's not really how it works. And they're like, well, I, if I don't make any money in two weeks, I want, I want a money back guarantee. And I'm like, man, like, do you hear, like, do you hear yourself talking? And I think you, like when you go into a coaching relationship and you're, all you're consumed with is like, I got to get the ROI, I got to get the ROI, I got to get the ROI, you really lose the value of what that coach can teach you. And if as long as you vet the coach well and they know what they're talking about and they have proven results, if you go into a coaching relationship, whether it's fitness or business or mental, and you just open up yourself to learning from them and taking away the skills that they need, you have a real opportunity to not just get – your money back but to make money for the rest of your life and when I made that mental shift of just chasing like okay coach x I need if I'm giving you 10 grand I want 10 grand back in the next three weeks like and I really went in and said hey I want I want to learn I want to be coached by people that are five six ten steps ahead of me and I want to learn everything they do to get them there And if I put that into practice and put in the work, then I'm going to get out of it what I what I need to get out of it. So, that's my advice for people that struggle with like like the conception. Like, and then what's the alternative? Um, I struggled to lose weight for a long time, and then I hired a fitness coach, and now I've lost weight. I struggled at ten thousand dollars a month with my business for three months. Not struggled, but I struggled to scale. And I hired a coach and instantly 3-5x that business. Like, at some point, you have to realize that to get to where you want to go in life at an exponential rate, you have to invest in people to show you the way. And I think because I played football in college and, like, I I have a sports background, I'm a little more apt to coaching. And I like being coached. And so you just kind of have to have that athlete mentality and say, like, Hey, being a coachable person is very rare in our society. And if you're a coachable person, your ability to learn and to grow and to be successful is way higher than people that are not able to be coached.
0: For sharing that, I'll be definitely a shift in perspective even for myself uh, on how to see a coaching relationship. You see, legacy and influence are, let's say, almost the end result um, or on an ongoing journey. But creators sometimes don't find fulfillment on the journey and in the process of building their legacy. And so they, their focus is the outcome. What advice would you give for finding fulfillment in the along the journey until you reach that point?
1: I think you just have to enjoy it. You have to embrace the process. I mean, you have to embrace and, and celebrate the hell out of little wins. I mean, I used to celebrate milestones like when it first started out, like a thousand followers. Like every a thousand followers, like it was so hard to come by. I would take my kids out to ice cream, or when we hit ten thousand followers, I like took my wife on this like crazy date, and like then like if a tweet and if a tweet went viral, or if, then when I started landing clients, like every. Every thousand dollars and ten thousand dollars, like these milestones, I just embrace the process. And the thing that the thing that makes me fulfilled and my why is my family. So, like today, I was on a coaching call and my two-year-old came in the room, and I just put her on my lap and continued the coaching call. And to me, that's what that's what it's all about. It's it's to be able to be around my. The reason I did all of this, it, every single bit of it, was to be around my kids more and my wife more, and. That fulfills me on a daily basis. And you have to find that for yourself. It could be family. It could be geographical freedom. It could be financial freedom. But don't be so consumed with making money and signing clients and all this stuff that you forget why you did it in the first place. Like, the reason I did it in the first place was my family and to be financially and geographically free. And now that I have that, I mean, Justin, I think it was Justin Wells or somebody like, once you have your food paid for, your house paid for, and have some have like a, a certain amount of money to spend on your lit, like on doing the things you want to do, there's not an exponential increase in life, right? And that's when it really comes down to like who do you want to spend time with, where do you want to be, and who do you want to answer to? And as long as those three boxes are checked for me, I'm going to be a happy guy. And I think The people that burn out, the people, they're so consumed with the numbers and they're so consumed with the outcomes that they, they put it on this like impossible pedestal to where people can feel that they can feel it in your content. They can feel it in your like videos and your writing. Like people can feel desperation. So you really have to like check yourself daily and say like, why am I doing this? And you have to align that why with the output that you're doing on a daily basis.
0: And you see that point about checking yourself daily. Um, I heard you say on, on Zubi's podcast as well where you would spend time in introspection and even time reflecting. And I was curious to hear your thoughts on this. There's so many things that happen, new things upcoming, uh, changes, right? We have threads on the rise and that's got a lot of hype behind it as well. When you spend time on reflection, how do you ensure that you're not wavered by what's going on and it doesn't deter you from the end goal that you're you're pursuing?
1: Yeah, I think you really like, so I do, the way I do, I have rules that I live by on on a quarterly basis. So, like when I when I when I sit down every quarter to go over my goals, I have these like very big rocks that I set out for that quarter. And when things come up like threads or shifts in algorithms or stuff like that, I allow myself to ponder on that and to think on that and to I, the biggest thing I've done. Um lately in my life is i don't i don't want to react based on emotion um I don't want to have a knee jerk reaction in life where I make a hasty move just because I feel like everything needs a response and most most of the time when I sit and i let let something sit with me and ponder the the answer manifests itself or doing nothing actually solves the problem where doing something would actually create more issues. And so I think in our society, we feel that we have to have a response and an answer to every single thing. And sometimes just sitting in it, allowing something to ha- like kind of unfold around you gives you the opportunity to make a more strategic move in the long run. So um, that's how I kind of keep myself from chasing a lot of rabbits or shiny object syndrome it's like and you're talking to like king shiny object syndrome for a while like when I started figuring out that there were many ways to do things I would chase opportunity after opportunity and then I then I came to a realization that I was spreading myself too thin and so now like if an opportunity comes up I'll put it on my opportunity board I'll have it sitting there and like I'll weigh it out during my reflection time um, and if it's something I want to pick up and kind of walk towards, I'll do that. But it takes a long time for me now to set up and go into things because I want to do things really well. I don't want to do I want to do two or three things really well, not ten things mediocre. And that's really where I'm at in my life right now.
0: I like the idea of uh, of an opportunity board, so you're not completely disregarding it, but you're leaving it in a place, a safe place, let's say, uh, for you to remove yourself from your own emotions and come back and think logic with a logical approach and how it fits into the bigger picture so definitely a fan of your approach here right thank you so sometimes you on the journey you have periods of stagnation or you know tough times and i was wondering how do you find you know because you've been on this journey for a long time i think two years correct me if i'm wrong here and how do you find uh, like inspiration and stay motivated and keep creative even Uh, in these moments of stagnation, what do you look towards?
1: That's a super easy answer um, for me. (laughs) Um, Because I've been up and down and left and right. uh, But man, I am the sole provider for my family. So I don't have a lot of big, I don't have a lot of opportunity to feel sorry for myself. I have people that depend on me. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and an amazing wife. And they're looking at me to see how I respond to adversity and how I respond to tough times. And so I might, I might get, now that's not saying I don't meet adversity. I mean, I've gone a day, I've gone a couple of days and that's why I love my wife so much. She'll look at me and she can tell when I'm, when I'm eat up with something. And uh, she'll look at me and she'll be like, it's time, it's time to, what do you have to do to snap out of this? And we make a plan and. Like, it might be a reset, it might be me, like, spending a little more time outdoors over the next couple days, taking myself out of it. It might be putting myself right in the middle of the thing that's holding me back, but it really is, man. When it comes down to it, like, I have no excuse for not not giving my 100% effort every day. The only excuse I have is myself. And so when I meet hard times, when I meet adversity, I remember where I came from. I remember my birth mom. I think about her a lot. Um, She struggled a lot. She was, I mean, she was, she had every reason to give up on me, and she didn't. And because of that, I'm here today. And I think about the gift of life and how important it is to to take advantage of it. And so um, when I hit tough times, I just sit and think on that, and then I get going.
0: And thank you for sharing that, Albie. I truly respect that as well. I can definitely see how you are from the way you push out your content as well. It it clearly speaks volumes into your character and the way you approach this. So I respect that. Before we, I wanted to dive into content writing, uh, because that is a speciality of yours, and it also follows on with amplifying your influence. But before we do that, I wanted to just ask you. Was there any other elements that contribute to building a lasting legacy that I haven't asked you or you haven't covered yet that you'd like to take this opportunity to?
1: I would say there is no roadmap for building a legacy. Um, There isn't a book. There isn't like a cookie-cutter response. I mean, this is truly one of those rent-due-daily situations. I mean, every day you have to show up and And you have to do it. And even on your bad days, you have to put forth whatever effort you can give on that day. And I think the people... And you have to be cognizant of it. Building a legacy and doing stuff doesn't happen by accident. I mean, this is a really hard thing for me to say. But most people will die. And they will will be forgotten within months by... 99% of the people that know them and then there's a statistic out there that anybody that who anybody who dies will be forgotten within two generations and so when you think about it like that like when you think about like the immense like the immense opportunity that you have but like the fleeting opportunity that you have like it, it makes me want to be remembered, um, and not remember for what I do, but remember for what I give. And that's what I love. I, I, I love Alex Ramosi. Um I love his content. I love his style. Um, I love how freely he gives. And he was he was quoted the other day saying, "When I die, I want to die with no secrets and no more no, no knowledge left untransferred." And, like, think about that. Like, so many people hold things close to the chest. Like, they're like, oh, man, I know this way to make money, or I know this way to do this or that. And they hold it all close to the chest. And then when they die, that stuff dies with them. But they, everybody has an opportunity to change lives one day at a time, one person at a time. And so don't try to, you don't have to cure cancer. You don't have to do, like, you don't have to cure world hunger you simply smiling at somebody treating them with like they deserve with dignity as a human being and showing up every day with a good attitude can change the world now I, I just wish more people would realize that
0: that's a powerful message Abby. and when you drop that cold hard truth even though it's uh, cold it's it's i felt shivers to be fair um just got me thinking again about what i want to do and what the end goal is and i don't think i asked you this properly but what is what is it for you if you don't mind sharing what is that end goal uh what is that legacy you want to leave behind right at the end of your story
1: and that's a really good question let me think on that for a second
0: sure take your time
1: i think the legacy that i like that my end goal it's really funny if you would ask me this question a couple months ago my my answer probably would have been different um i want i want to wake up every day and just and and just pursue the things that i want to pursue not the things i have to pursue and uh first and foremost that's my wife and then second are my kids And so I want to pour into my family um, more than any. I want to like challenge every dad when they look at me. They're like, man, I want to be that guy pouring into his family. Like I want to pour into my family. I want to be invested in my wife, invested in my children. That's my goal for eternity, for the rest of my life. Until my last breath, I will be investing in my family. And then from a business standpoint, I just want, I mean, I was talking to my dad today. And he didn't know I asked him this question for a reason. But I said, how much money do you need every month to live? And he was like, I need like three grand. And I want to be able to call my dad up soon and say, hey, just don't worry about it. You're good to go for the rest of your life. I got you. Um, That's a big goal. And so a lot of my goals are just surrounded by people. Like I want to just help as many people as possible. And the way to do that, um, is by making money in order to bless others. And so I, all the stuff I do from a business standpoint, from a financial standpoint is to be able to position myself in life to help as many people as possible. And so, um, I'm just going to do that. And that, that's why people ask me like, what keep what keeps you going? Like, how do you write so much content? How do you do, like, how do you do it with time? And it's like, I have big aspirations for the amount of people I want to help. And I know the fastest way for me to do that is by making money. And so the more money I make, the more people that are going to get blessed by it. And so that makes me wake up every day wanting to get after it.
0: That's powerful, man. And uh, super inspiring as well uh, to hear that. I think it it reminds me of, you know, your approach and... uh, your journey as well. It reminds me of uh, something I've heard, and it's the way you tied the where your confidence is attached to. I've heard this somewhere, and it comes it comes in three forms. One is a materialistic thing, like your uh, the suit that you put on, and it makes you feel confident in the moment, or a um, an an asset, for example, that you have a skill, like playing football or boxing. So it's your arms and legs, but the truest confidence comes from the core. And that's something that is almost is timeless and it can be shaped and morphed into different things and that for you that is helping people and i i can see why you've come to this on this journey so far up to this point is because it's deep it's deep rooted into you um and i find that really inspiring so thank you for sharing that we thank you i wanted to so i know part of what you do is writing so i wanted to give um some of the questions that you know uh, shine some light on that area and the first thing i'm going to ask you before we even delve into the writing aspect is you've been on twitter for such a long time so what's something you think um is overlooked by many creators in the way you utilize twitter there's the obvious ones but i'm wondering with someone with your experience what have you what do you feel like people just don't utilize enough
1: i don't think people utilize their dms enough um I think, I mean, threads, video, spaces, all these things are great. Um, I think the greatest superpower is you're one DM away from connecting with somebody that can completely change your life. And we're all so dang busy, man. Like, we're all busy and we think other people are busy. Um, I've been on calls with Fortune 500 CEOs, with, like, people that are, like, billionaires, millionaires, own all kinds of companies all the way down to like dads that are just trying to make it for their family. And I want it. And we connected. And like, I think the biggest thing on this platform is the powerful power, power of human connection. And I think the quickest path to that is DMing somebody and having a conversation and then jumping on a call or jumping on a zoom. Like I'm going to Nashville, like meeting offline and like having genuine human connection with people. Like, I think that's the most underutilized thing on Twitter, is connecting with people. And so um, the people that just show up, like the people that just show up every day to get their tweet in and to check some box for a streak and try to go viral, like all that's well and fun, but that stuff's going to run out. You know, but like what doesn't run out is the friendships and network connections that you make on this platform. So I would say 100% the DM is the is the most underutilized uh tool on on twitter
0: and you know the a follow-up question to that instead of me asking you how to dm people which i think many people should know by now or at least i've seen i'm more curious what were the best dms that you've gotten from people that you you didn't know or you haven't connected with before what was their approach that you thought wow this is this is refreshing
1: I'm actually like the worst person because I like try like I try to respond to most of my DMs and I'm like I'm like an easy target when it comes to DMs unless you're just hard selling me on something, where I'm like oh man I don't have time for this. But I think the best ones are like I just believe in gratitude, man. Like the best ones are people that are like hey man I saw this tweet and I I really appreciate this tweet like or hey I heard you in a space the other day and I really appreciate what you said like gratitude is like when you lead with gratitude in life your chances of success like 10x and so i think the people that like do that really well are the dms i like the most you know what like i had somebody call me out on a dm the other day and i even i responded to him he was like i mean i'm a busy guy i get like 75 dms a day like something crazy and like this guy had DM me a couple, and I told him to DM me, and he had DM me a couple times, and I just, it just got buried. And he messaged me, and he was like, man, I'm sorry, and like, I almost didn't send this message, but you told me to DM you, and you haven't responded. And you know what, the courage for him to say that, and I appreciate that, because I like to be held accountable. So, like, I really appreciate him doing that. And I apologized. I sent him my calendar link and said, "Please schedule some time. I'm so sorry that I forgot about this." And it it got buried. So, I think just honesty and integrity on it, man. I think just hey, just be a regular person. Don't be weird. <laughs> I mean, just don't be weird. Don't be don't be a peddler. Don't try to be selling something. Like just be a regular person and don't be weird. And people are going to respond to you on Twitter.
0: I like that, and uh, it 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 sounds so straight like straightforward to say, but there's all these people trying to use different templates, and people giving like writing up threads. It's it's crazy, like that. It's become this complicated. When I like the way you said it, just gratitude is such an easy way to uh, build a connection with someone, and just start by showing appreciation and love. You know. Um, uh, there was something that was super interesting to me that when uh, Sam interviewed you on a space previously, and I was curious to hear more about it as a ghostwriter, you have to try to, what's the word replicate the voice of your clients and you have to develop a character persona. That's what you called it. So I'm more curious, how can one develop something like that for themselves? Even though it might sound, you know, funny as to why you need to do that, um, but i am just curious on that, that approach to developing character persona so you can continue to have a consistent voice and infuse that into your writing
1: yeah absolutely so i actually do it the same way i do with my ghostwriting clients when i'm coaching somebody i take them through the onboarding process of my ghostwriting clients because what we do is we develop we develop a a basic playbook for what you want to do that needs to be revisited every quarter and it's, it really comes down to like, what do you want to talk about? What do you not want to talk about? What are your goals? What are other accounts that are doing the things you want to do and are saying the things you want to say? And not necessarily content wise, but it might be from voice, from tone, from direction. So it's really building up like a statement piece and a, a almost a cheat sheet. I call it a cheat sheet or a guide. Like there's some things you have to answer within yourself so you're not sporadically going all over the place so you have to you have to define what you want to say what you don't want to say who are you talking to how do you want to talk to them that's when it comes to finding other people that like you like the voice and tone and not copycatting them but like seeing like the nuances right i think musicians and writers like i love music and I think you could you can start looking like you can definitely tell different musicians that derive inspiration from other musicians, and I think thats same thing with building a brand like you don't have to be the next Dan Coe or the next Justin Welch. like there's so many like there's so many accounts under ten thousand followers under a thousand followers that I gain inspiration from on a daily basis, and it's not because they have a large following or because but it's because you can really tell that they're speaking authentically in their own voice. And I like how they convey their thoughts. And so that's something I geek out about. Um, I really geek out about tweet structure and thread, thread um, cadence and tempo. I think there's a tempo to writing that you have to develop as a person. And that's what we do for our clients. Like there's almost like a rhythm to people's brands and, and, you have to develop that rhythm and that's through three things it's through discovering who you are writing and then iterating and so going through that onboarding process and really asking yourself like what do I want to write about what do I not want to write about what are all the things the direction I want to go writing and then not being so stubborn to once some once you realize that a direction is failing to be able to iterate and then iterate in a direction that's going to work And so those are the three things that I would say.
0: Thank you for sharing that framework. And I like the approach with it. Uh, Definitely can see how step one is definitely where everything starts, you know, just making sure you understand yourself more uh, before you try to copy and fuel or consume the timeline, what's going on in the timeline, so it doesn't affect you uh, from who you truly are. Do you have a content filter uh, in your system or approach that any ideas must pass through before you determine okay this is more in line with what I do or this is more in line with what I say and my message
1: repeat that question again I want to make sure I understand it
0: sure so when you let's say if we keep it relevant to Twitter for um, when you have a tweet do you uh, that you wrote up in a draft let's say do you have a filter that it must pass through a set of laws let's say that um, allow it to go published or not And aside from template stuff, I'm talking about voice. Does it match who you are? Is this something you truly want to say? I'm curious with someone who's been writing for such a long time,
1: what that might look like for you. Oh, now it's just like, I don't have any, I don't have a lot of rules anymore. It's just, it's kind of like a muscle that you train over, over time. Um, I I think the more you tweet and the more you build, you kind of get a little more, um, willing to put out the even things you wouldn't when you started and you get a little freer like you worry less and I worry less about engagement now I worry less about all kinds of stuff like I literally just want to get my message out there and I like sharing my journey and so I think it's super important just as long as you know who you are and what your goals are um I don't even care like this is funny from a ghostwriter I care about typos for my clients, but I do not care about typos for like I'll I'll tweet something out like and I'll type it real fast on Twitter and I'll and it has a typo I'm like oh man it has a typo but I think once you get to a point in your journey you know what you want to say and I treat it I just treat it like I'm I'm literally standing beside a person telling them something. I don't think like, okay, is this going to do this? Is this going to do that? I'm like, man, is this something I would say to somebody? And then I tweet it.
0: I like that. And it makes sense. Uh, I can definitely see that over time, how you wouldn't, feel, you wouldn't feel like you need to go through some sort of system anymore. So I can definitely see that. Uh, this is last question, and I feel like it's kind of a redundant question now because since you're always in the flow, but you, do you have to overcome procrastination or do you have any like writer's block? At all, I feel like you're not the type of person who has it anymore. Uh, you probably got tons of content ready all the time.
1: No, man, you you would be wrong. You would be so wrong. Um, I struggle with procrastination with the best of them, man. Like I, sometimes I don't write next. <laughs> Greg's laughing at me, but for real, like I probably for the last month I write my tweets. I either tweet them in real time or write my tweets for the next day, the night before. Like, I have this window where I'm like, oh, crap, I need to write my tweets. I'm actually working on my scheduling right now because I prioritize. You would think that I prioritize content over everything, but I actually prioritize interactions over everything. So I'm usually during the day on calls with people or i'm introducing myself or i'm in mastermind groups or i'm on spaces like this like i really prioritize interaction and so content sometimes falls last on the docket for me on a daily basis and so um to combat that right now what i'm working with is a my coo and i are working on building out accountabilities for me and so um i'm just going to start working on like The way I do uh, uh, the way I block my time and making sure I get think during the day, but I don't give myself enough time to write, so I'm just kind of working on my schedule right now. So that's
0: actually a really good
1: question uh, because people would think that, oh, I mean, this dude never struggles with writing content and. Sometimes I'm sitting on the couch and I, like, ask my wife what I should tweet. I'm like, hey, what do you think I should tweet, you know? And, like, she'll tell me something and, and I'll figure it out. It's just funny. Yeah, I kind of involve all my family in it. It's, like, something that we do. That's
0: super interesting to hear. I definitely thought you would be the type of person who, at this point, would never run out of ideas to write about. Um, but now I
1: don't run – I have ideas. I'm good with ideas. It's just the the practice of, like – and I don't, you know what? I'll probably never bulk load content because I like being able to have like a daily basis. So it's just one of those things.
0: I respect that. Uh, and thank you for sharing that as well and transparency. Uh, Greg.
1: Oh yeah. Open, open book here, buddy.
0: <laughs> In the episode, we're talking about what, it, what does it mean to build an influential brand? We talked about finding your voice through constant testing learning to let go of your fear of judgment when you build your brand. LB talked about building up your resiliency and how, as I quote him, don't give negative people mental real estate and be true to yourself, your brand's mission and finding your voice. LB also covered the importance of investing in a coach and investing more so into the relationship as opposed to thinking about the ROI. He also shared a powerful message, um, which is be a personal brand that people want to follow because of the interesting things you wish to say or you have to say. And don't fret on the journey because sometimes it can get tough. So learn to celebrate the hell out of small wins, as LV says, and find fulfillment in the the journey, not just focusing on the end outcome, find fulfillment through whatever that is for you. It could be uh, the the relationships you have, the comments that people leave for you. Uh, So many ways to look at this. Uh, We talked about how to find inspiration and staying motivated and not reacting to the next shiny object, not reacting based on emotions, learning to detach and using something like what LB does, is an opportunity board, so he doesn't completely disregard the opportunities that arise, he puts them uh, on an opportunity board, lets them sit there while he detaches from the emotional state and the FOMO that might have come up and think about it logically in his approach. We talked about the importance of defining what your legacy is, and how it doesn't have to be crazy grand. Building your legacy is really all about showing up and doing whatever you can towards the end outcome that you're trying to achieve. i be also advised that one overlooked aspect of developing your account here on Twitter is DMs actually. And he talked about just building human connections and sending out a DM just being real and showing gratitude, you know, just uh, instead of trying to set a hard sell. Uh, and that's how you can reach out to your favorite creators who inspire you. He talked about how he develops his own character persona and how you can do, do that too and one part of it is discovering who you are and spending time in reflection and understanding yourself and deriving inspiration from other accounts you like those are only a few snippets and that does not give it justice to the whole episode and the wisdom that lb shared with us today and so that brings us to an end of another insightful episode so before we depart lb i wanted to ask you do you have any Final thoughts you wish to impart or anything you wish to promote. This is your opportunity.
1: Man, it'd be really easy for me to say, if you need Ghost or coaching, shoot me up the DM. Um, but I, I would say this, like, just invest in yourself, like, and show up, like you said, like, if you show up every day, like, I'm not the, I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the strongest person. Um, I'm not the greatest in business. But I think the the biggest takeaway for me is that I made a decision almost two years ago and I stuck with it for two years. And I just treated people like they needed to be treated. And at the end of the day, that's going to win out. And so I just want to encourage everybody to just be a good person, like make somebody's day Don't be so overwhelmed when you're not hitting the results that you want to hit because if you stay in it long enough, something's going to give. Like your opportunity comes from persistence. And so just don't give up just because society tells you that you have to be at a certain point in your life. Um, I meet with people. I help 20-year-olds all the way to 60-year-olds. And it's just so cool to see when people start their journey and you can do it if you just decide to do
0: it and that's my those are my final thoughts and that's a beautiful way to end this space with a beautiful message i'd also like to take a moment to thank you lb because i know you're very busy so uh, i appreciate you joining you know me on here today it was inspiring to hear how you approach building an influential brand and your thoughts on what legacy means and how to leave that behind you dropped so many gems and inspiring words today, and I don't think I'm the only one who thinks that. Uh, so I really, really appreciate that. And I also want to-
1: Thank you, brother. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you, man. And I also want to say thank you for everyone who come in, uh, live and tuned in. We appreciate your support and engagement. And thank you for everyone who came up to ask wonderful questions that further extracted insight from LB. And if you found any value in today's episode, uh, I want to ask that you don't hesitate to share your key takeaways and favorite moments with us by quote retweeting the space tell me and LB uh what you found most valuable in the space and until next time i wish you yeah, all hey just a second well. got to, everybody go everybody go
1: follow V real quick like everybody's gotta follow V in the space the dude's a machine <laughs> i mean it does it takes a lot of courage to host and we're on episode 16 and one day we'll be on episode 300 and i just want to thank you for your stamina man and keep it up don't get discouraged. Like you you're really good at this. So I appreciate it. I think everybody should follow. Everybody tune in. Jump on the stage when you can. I appreciate it, man. And everybody have a great day. Appreciate you
0: both. Thank you, LB. Really appreciate those kind words from you. Keep this what keeps me going. And uh, um I'm glad that I'm doing something right here. Thanks again, everyone. Um take care. Welcome back, listeners, to Inside the System, episode 16. This is the podcast-style space where I deep dive into conversations with your favorite experts and creators. We explore the inner workings of their personal brands and businesses, uncovering value.